This is a production of KMmedia.pro. Welcome back to Positive Talk Radio. Our goal is simple, to explore evolving ideas one conversation at a time. So come on over into our world. I know you'll like it, because on today's show... Welcome to the show, everybody. I got to ask everybody a question. Do you feel a little, you know, like uh, longer in the tooth? Have you been on the planet for a little while? Have you gained a lot of experience and and you might even be what they call a baby boomer? Well, we're going to talk about that today and the publication that's out now to that is geared towards baby boomers and who they are in all facets. And we're going to be talking with a gentleman who is his pen name is Gramps Jeffrey, and he's written a couple of books, but it's also Mark Joseph. But first, before we go there, it's we're going into Labor Day weekend. And Eric, what's the prognosis for the weekend weather for the three days? Yeah, it looks like it's going to be nice, at, at least uh, today and tomorrow. Looks like sunny, warm days. And then Sunday cooling down a little bit. Uh, Monday a little bit cooler as well, but looks like more sunshine. So we're winding down summer, that's for sure. That's a great way to kick it off at the end of it. You got any special plans that you'd care to share? Probably not. <laughs> Nothing uh, in particular, but I've got so many projects uh, building up around the house. I, I know you know how this goes. You know, you put things on a list and then yeah, you don't get to them and you don't get to them. And then before you know it, it's like, ooh, I really got to take uh, – a vacation so I can do some work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my my list gets longer and longer than I throw in the garbage, you know. And then I start a new list. Oh, hey, so there it you go. Out, <laughs> works out really, really well for me. And because I forget what I'm supposed to. Exactly. Well, I know that you are way too young to be a baby boomer. Uh, what? So would that be, would you, what gener, What? what are you? <laughs> I believe I am uh, Gen X. Aha. Oh, very good. Well, one of these days you're going to be a baby boomer and then you can join the rest of us as we. I, I as don't we, think that's how it works. No, no, it isn't. <laughs> but, but as we gray, age gracefully like a fine wine or a fine glass of whiskey, um, we, we are not done yet by any stretch of the imagination. Of course. And uh, Mark Joseph, who is also Graham's Jeffries, uh, or Gramps Jeffrey is go. with us today, and we're going to talk about the rollout of this brand new website, which is called You Can Follow Along by going to babyboomer.org. Hey, so with that, that's easy to remember. Yeah, and I'm wondering how they got that 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 uh, site actually. They must that's, have been quick. Cool. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So let's introduce um, um, Gramps to our audience right now. Um, Mr. Jeffrey or Mr. Joseph, however you want to be, how are you? You can just call me Mark. I'm doing great. Thanks for inviting me. Well, and first of all, I want to thank you for inviting me because uh, Positive Talk Radio is one of the contributors of um, babyboomer.org. And, and I've got, uh, can you believe I've got over 580 shows on, on that platform alone? Yeah, I'm looking at you right now on our site. You're wearing a nice hat. I can see your last interview was with Chris Sutton and then uh, other interviews. So, yeah, you're right there, right in the middle of what we're doing. We And we love being on the site. I love what you guys are doing. You know, there's a, there is a perception in our country, and I think it's um, 
an incorrect assumption that when you get to be a little bit longer in the tooth that you you somehow your value is diminished and i think that that is uh wholly wrong because we are a youth-based society for some strange reason but a lot of people that are our age we still have a lot to say and a lot to contribute well you know the uh, generation of baby boomers is as diverse as any other generation before and after us because you know look at the division of politics look at the division of religion uh, you know but the one thing that baby boomers have in common is a very shared connected experience when you think about it when we were growing up uh, there were only three television stations uh, we all had landlines so we all got the same information so we all grew up with the same information. So, you know, we lived through the Kennedy's assassinations, through Martin Luther King's assassination. Our generation is the one that was there when they landed on the moon. You know, birth control became widespread uh, for the baby boomer generation. You know, Vietnam was a heavy, heavy into our generation, as well as Kent State. You know, we had the riots in the streets, uh, you know, back in the late 60s. But we had the music. The music brought us together. When you think about it, uh, whether it's Elvis or the Beach Boys or the Beatles or Three Dog Nights or the Association of Supremes, we all, because we had the three television stations and the landlines, we all got that all same information. We had the movies that caught us and kept us together, whether it's uh, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid or Jaws, pretty much all the Spielberg movies, you know, the um, Animal House, Star Wars, The Godfather. All of this information brought this generation together. So even though we are diverse, we all have a commonality, and that's why we built this site. You know, and I'll, I'll tell you, I agree with you 100%, because I, I'll give you an example. I was born in 1957, so I'm a tail ender of the baby boom generation. But the interesting thing is, when I start talking to people who were born in, like, 1965, 1967, 1970, and it's, even though that's only like a 10, 13 year period, they don't remember the Kennedy assassination. They don't remember when the Beatles were on the Ed Sullivan show. They don't remember the moon landing or the, the tragic uh, death of Martin Luther King and Bobby, King, Bobby uh, uh, Kennedy or, and, and of course, JFK when he was. So they don't remember the entire 60s. They don't remember Walter Cronkite saying, and that's the news um, and they don't remember any of those things and I think we lost something in that but there's a commonality where I can sit here and talk to you and we can have a common shared experience of what life was like when we were as as we continue to grow up and, and grow old and I think we still have those same things if you listen to baby boomers that are having a conversation in the coffee shop and they're talking about shared experiences and that's what you bring to the table i think it's awesome what you're doing yeah you know when you think about it uh we we've got all these things that we grew up with but one of the things that uh, that we do on our site is we offer things at the current moment you know whether it's retirement or finance or travel uh, but then also dealing with the new challenges that all of us older americans are dealing with the technological advancements all the health issues that we're facing whether it's dementia or alzheimer's or maybe other ones you know so we're trying to bring all of that together because of the things in the past the things we're living with today you know pickleball is a great area of our site that people are pretty much involved you know you talked to me about pickleball 20 years ago that wasn't part of my life but now it is so you know there's <laughs> so many things 
Well, you know, when you look at your site, which again is babyboomer.org, you've got news, entertainment, lifestyle, relationships, health, travel, money, technology. You get, uh, um, you, like you said, you have over uh, almost a thousand contributors. And so you've got experts of all different manners and stripes that can, that can help us um, because our issues are particular to our generation, I think. Do you think? Oh, yeah. You know, when you think about baby boomers, the find is the people born between 1946 to 64. So 18 years, a couple of decades of us uh, that are out there. And, you know, there's, there's over 70 million baby boomers here in the USA alone. So we're not alone. Yeah, you know, the baby boomer generation holds 51% of the wealth in the U.S. You know, we hold 70% of the disposable income. Uh, we, as a generation, spend $548 billion. I mean, that's with a B. And so there's so much that we've got in common and so much that we do that, uh, you know, we, we've got to all talk together. Exactly. Well, let's let's go back, back in the midst of time. Not too long because the... Um, um, Babyboomers.org has been uh, um, is really in its inception, and is in what we're starting to call, or what um, um, Mark is calling Phase Two. But well, who was what was the idea? I know you're one of the founders. Um, where did this idea come from? I think it's a great idea. Did you was it you guys sitting around having a, a um, some coffee or something? And uh, we're ta- by the way, we're talking with um, Mark, and uh, we're he's he's getting a glass of water, <clears throat> and uh, and so there are, are. Are you better now, sir? I'm I'm ready to go now. But uh, you know what, what what happened? How we came together with this idea because there's myself and three other baby boomers who are partners in in launching the site. But uh, one of the things it really came out of. Uh, the uh, the COVID-19 or being in isolation. That's how this all came together. Um, for me personally, because I was in isolation, I had my six grandkids around, um, I had a chance to really see all these little kids growing up. And that's when I wrote my uh, children's book. It's called, uh, I Don't Want to Turn Three. And I wrote this book because it was a chance to, to really understand, to understand what are kids? Who are they today? And so um, I wrote this book, and then I was able to start to talk about people about the books, and COVID came about, and we, we got through COVID. And as I was going around talking about my book, I found other grandparents, other people in our generation that seemed to be able to have a sense that, you know, something's missing. Something is missing in our generation. We have to communicate it. You know, because what, what I found out in, uh, in dealing with other grandparents like myself is too many grandparents just don't care. You know, and this is our baby boomer generation. 30% of grandparents in today's world really are not involved in the raising of their grandkids. Um, now, you know, the, the, that, means, that means like one out of every three of us. You know, and those 30% are referred to as remote. Because, you know, they may show up at a birthday or they may come at Christmas, but they really aren't involved in the raising of their kids. You know, and, and the attitude of this part of our generation is, hey, we raise great kids. Let them raise those kids. Let them go play pickleball. 
you know, so, but, um, but it's really deeper than that. As I was getting into it, why are grandparents involved in raising kids? You know, the problem, a lot of the problem is that, um, you know, it's a relationship between us and our children. You know, for instance, if one of our kids don't, uh, they marry someone, a spouse that we don't like, all of a sudden, you know, we're not as close as we used to be. Uh, you know, so, so you know, our, our, our kids, we may give them uh, advice, gives them anxiety. And, uh, you know, we as a generation uh, disrespect the boundaries between us and the kids and, and the raising of their kids. You know, there's all kinds of reasons a cause that's 30% of us just to not get involved with, with, with our grandkids. You know, one of the things is that bridge that we that we have with our children that, that we've broken because you know we undermine their authority by changing you know what a, what their parents are teaching their kids uh, you know we may question the values that our kids are giving to their kid their kids you know we're the ones who gave them the values to begin with so you know that, that we gotta we gotta say what happened to us there we uh, tend to play favorites uh, and manipulate our grandchildren that causes a rift between us and the kids and the grandchildren you know I, i've got six grandkids you know i have a favorite but i'm not going to tell you i'm not going to tell my wife you know because that's going to just cause all kinds of problems so you know i like them all the same you know, we gotta worry about that you know we we sometimes control our grandkids uh through playing favorites you know through money giving gifts taking our vacation you know, that causes stress between relationship between us and our, our direct children. Um, you know, we, as we get older, we may have a lack of empathy. You know, you know, we may not be able to understand what these little kids are going through. Where when we were younger, we may have been able to do that. You know, and so it's important for us to, 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 to give that empathy as we're taking care of kids. Um, you know, and we as grandparents, much like maybe our grandparents do with us, uh, is we demand that they show us, you know, respect. And they, they, they do what we tell them to do. So as I was going on this journey of talking about my book and how involved I was with that, you know, this came out to me as, as there's something we got to do to get grandparents more involved in, in the raising of their kids. Because, you know, we're here today. We could be gone tomorrow. You know, there's so much knowledge that we have. You know, you, you, you take a look at you and me and everybody else our age. You know, we are a lot smarter today than we were in the 20s. And, and the reason we're so much smarter is because we made so many more mistakes, you know, and hopefully we've learned from those mistakes. And these are the kinds of knowledge that we have to pass on to these little kids. And so, so that's one of the reasons we started BabyBorn.org is we want a place where we can share ideas of how to become better grandparents, how to become a better generation. Um, and so that's another reason. Well, I think the um, the whole premise is really powerful and important because you're right. I live in a 55 plus um, mobile home community. Most of the people that I, everybody here, obviously, is a baby boomer, uh, but a lot of people are isolated. They stay in their home. They watch television for 28 hours a week. They're not involved with other folks because so we lose a, a certain amount of social um, togetherness when we get older for some reason and then you're right our kids you know we 
I, I believe that that in, in I try and be a trusted advisor now, not not to the dad who tells them what to do, but if they ask, uh, I'll give them my advice on what I what I think. And sometimes I'll just keep my big mouth shut, which is probably what I should be doing most of the time. But occasionally they'll ask for advice and uh, um, I'll give them what what I believe to be true. But the, the reality is, is that they're the ones who are raising their kids and they've got to, you know, we've got to have buy in. But one of the things that that kills me about our country and in other countries, it's not this way, is that our country is based upon the youth and not to necessarily the multi-generations the old people in other countries are revered did you know that it's you know like if you go to uh, japan or or in some of the um european countries old people and oftentimes they live with their kids and they have multi-generational households and stuff we don't really do that here so we ended up getting pushed to the side a little bit. And so I'm glad what you're doing is to help bring that back a little bit so that people can have an outlet, people can make connections with each other and can really get together to do some really uh, cool stuff and to learn stuff. We're never too old to learn, don't you think? Well, you know, the, the greatest thing about learning is I am convinced that this generation, these kids one to 10 years old today, are going to be the smartest generation this country has ever produced. I agree. When you, when you think about it, as soon as they come out of the womb, they're on the internet. They got their own phones. You know, these these kids, two, three, four years old. You know, I, I, I sometimes go to my grandkids to help me on my phone. You know, it they they understand this whole internet and this whole communication. So when you step back and think about that, they are getting just a flood of information much younger than we are. I mean, I didn't get on the internet until I was 40 years old. So they're, they're getting so much more information than we ever had as we were growing up. Now, that's the good part. The, the thing we have to be concerned with is how do we balance that? How do we make sure that they're not on their iPad all day long and not out playing inside, outside and getting exercise? You know, and that's one of the roles that grandparents can really step up and do is, you know, Take them out, expose them to things beyond what they're getting off the internet. Now, make sure that you take them out and play in the park. Make sure that you have conversations for them. You know, one of the things the grandparents need to do is make sure that they are reading books to their kids. That you know, the kids go beyond just the internet and get involved in goods. You know, you say, well, what are you going to talk about? Why should you read your books to your kids? Well, there's all kinds of benefits of actually sitting and reading books to a child. You know, again, I'll just take me for an example. You know, I'm a grandfather, I've got a couple of smaller kids. And, and so the first thing it, it does is it creates a bonding experience. In yep. other words, these two and three or four year olds are bouncing off the wall all day long running around. You know, it gives you a chance to really just spend nice time together, pick up a book, have it sit on your lap, open a book, and it, it creates the time for you to just to, 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 to help make them feel secure because you're there together uh, having an experience. You know, another thing that it does uh, is it supports listening skills. Now, you and I both know that at our age, the best skill that we ever had was our listening skills. I mean, you're in the radio. you got to listen. You've got to listen the right, ask the right questions. You know, I've got to listen to build the right sites. You know, so listening skills if we can teach these kids when they're two three and four years old by reading a book 
and doing it, you know, reading a book requires them to listen. Let's start doing that as grandparents uh, for these kids to help them offset all this internet stuff that they're learning. You know, another thing that the reading books to little kids is good for is it creates cognitive and, uh, and, and language development. I mean, the, you go through a book and uh, you, there's words that the kid doesn't understand. You have a chance to explain it to them. I mean, I just play books I've read out of the words I don't understand. I gotta go look them up. But, but, you know, it gives you a chance to really help them build their language so that when they do get older and get into life, if, if you've helped develop the listening skills, if you can help them understand language, you know, they're, they're a step ahead of everyone else. And, and another thing is, you know, the attention span. You know, the 15 minutes that you've got the kid reading a book on your lap, you know, it gives key concentration, self-discipline uh, skills, and it really helps with their attention span as they go through life and as they go through school, so it helps. So, you know, I just encourage your listeners who are in the uh, older generations to take the time, spend some time, read a book, if nothing else, to your grandchild uh, to help help in, uh, enhance what they're learning through all the other electronic things that they do. Well, you know, it's interesting because you and I are of a certain age. I actually remember people coming to the door to sell my mom and dad encyclopedias that no longer exists. You can't, there is no business there that, that Britannica and all of the, now it's all online. But the problem is I used to, when I was in school and I would go get an encyclopedia and I would page through it. And so I learned about things that I would not have thought of myself to look for. And so it you get a well-rounded experience of life and especially reading books to children gives them a chance to use their imagination. And rather than seeing it sitting there on the screen as you're having a communication with them and they're getting a chance to really use their imagination to see uh, what is going on in that book. I agree with you. It, when, that was the other thing that's gone away, and it's, I'm so sorry to see. Do you remember when we were in elementary school and we would go to the library and they'd line us up and we'd be the whole class and then we'd go look at books and then we'd sit down and there would be the lady that would be the storyteller and she would read a book to us. Uh, at least that's what happened in my experience. And that was that really gave me a thirst for wanting to learn more and to read more and to find other and different books. So, and that's, we're missing a lot of that today, I think. Well, you know, it's necessary for us to teach children how to think, not what to think. They're going to learn how to think, what to think, you know, as they grow older. But it's important for us at this early age to teach them how to think. And, you know, when you think about it, going back to reading a book to them, uh, and getting to getting them to think, and you're talking about your library experience. You know, before you even sit down and read a book with a child, you know, the first question should be, "What do you think is going to happen here?" You know, you're looking at the cover. Let them help start them to think. Help them to use the imagination, like you just said, because imagination can take you to all kinds of places. You know, when you when you're sitting there and you're and you're reading the, during the reading the book. You know, you, you ask them uh, who characters in this book. Let them use their imagination. You know, and what is the setting? Let them tell you uh, again to get them to think. You know, during 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 the reading of the book, you, you ask them, does anything in the book sound familiar to you? Has this happened in your life? Have you heard about it in other people's lives? 
And then obviously, much like you should do every night at dinner uh, when you're talking to them and asking what was your favorite part of the day, when you're reading a book to them, you know, what was your favorite part of this book? Why was it your most favorite part? So you're absolutely right, is teaching them to read or reading to them helps create uh, the telling them, teaching them how to think. Yeah, and they'll, they'll learn later what to think, but just teaches them the process. And I don't think you get that when you're just on the internet. Um, so it's very important for us as adults to be involved in raising this greatest generation. I was, um, and I don't often talk about current events necessarily, but in this particular case, there, there's um, in the Houston School District, they've eliminated 28 libraries from schools. Um, of different uh, different elementary schools, and it was like, really, we they're important. They're they're much more important that than we kind of realize. And so I, I'm saddened by that. I hope they bring them back. But uh, that's that's just one of the things. Now tell me about uh, your book. I don't want to turn three. What's it about? Well, you know, again, I wrote this book because uh, I had a chance to be with all six of my kids for grandkids for about six weeks. And, you know, when I when I did this, I, I realized that they all six had completely different personalities. But the one thing they did have in common was a sense of curiosity and how excited they got when they did accomplish something. You know, watching them grow year to year and how they interact with their, each other really was the basis for this book. Because, you know, what goes through a toddler's mind? The parents are so desperate to understand. Now, when does a toddler understand the difference between me and us? Yeah, this book explores how a family finds all that out together. You know, as a baby boomer myself, trying to understand how the world has evolved since I was three years old, you know, is also kind of part of the story. You know, my parents didn't have cell phones. And they didn't have the internet. They didn't have cable TV. They didn't have remotes. I was my dad's remote. He said, son, go change the channel. You know, that was the remote. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> you know, my, my parents' definition of discipline is quite different than the parents of today. You know, has today's world made for a better place for children to grow up in? You know, I'll let your uh, listeners kind of answer that question as, as, they, as they decide how they were treated versus how we're treating our kids today. So, you know, the, the book is really about at what age do we begin to take responsibility for our actions? Is it three years old? Is it 13? Is it 23? You know, I know plenty of 63-year-olds that still don't take responsibility for that. <laughs> you know? And so that, that's, that's how and why I wrote this book. You know, what's interesting about that, when you were talking about the cell phones versus the, the I, I, I distinctly remember when I was a kid, there was something called a party line. Do you remember what a party line was? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, everybody knew everybody's business. That's right. That's a party line was where multiple households had the same phone. And so if if you picked up the phone to make a call and somebody was already talking, it was another household that was talking on the same phone that you would use. So you'd have to hang up and they would, you know, you try to make it, they would try and make it quick. And then you would, then you would call whoever you wanted or do, do but party lines and single, you know, single phones in the house. Um, hey dad, it's for you. Uh, is that was, and that was even before uh, um, message machines or any of that. And so, you know, I, I think as a society, yes, we've 
gone a long way um, technology-wise, but I think we miss some of those things that kind of brought us together. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. You know, and, and what concerns me is something you brought up uh, just a little bit earlier about those libraries closing and, and the books and all that. You know, this pandemic has caused our kids to be reading less. And, you know, they're, they're way behind the time because they weren't in school for a couple of years. You know, according to the United Nations Educational Science and Cultural uh, Organization, it's called UNESCO, 584 million children worldwide are re having reading difficulties today. That versus 460 million before the pandemic. I mean, think about that. That's a 20% rise in people and little kids not being able to, even though they're exposed to the internet. So they're just not able to read. That wipes out two decades, two whole decades of educational gains of, of, of kids learning how to read around the world. You know, the Stanford Graduate School of Education released a study uh, reporting that second and third graders reading fluency uh, is 30% behind what we would be expecting in a typical year. And it's caused, we, we got to catch up. It was caused by this uh, pandemic. You know, reading fluency is a fundamental of, for academic development, you know, more broadly used because, uh, you know, they, they learn how to read in second, third grade, and then they use how they learn how to read and understanding other things later as they go on. So step back and think about this. We have got to make up for what we lost during those two years, and we haven't done it yet. Uh, and this is going to affect this whole generation if we're not careful. And I've got a story to talk about that when we come back from this break, because we're talking with Mark Joseph. He's the co-founder of uh, babyboomer.org. Go there, sign up, uh, get all some great information. They actually vet. I, I, I was reading this today, and we'll talk about this when we come back. They actually vet the news sources to make sure that the news that you get from this site is real and not, quote, unquote, fake news and all that kind of stuff. So uh, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about more about uh, his work. And also, he's written 100 articles for the Huffington Post. So isn't that something? We're talking again with uh, Mark Joseph, a.k.a. Grandpa Jeffries. You're listening to Positive Talk Radio here on KIXI. Stay with us. Hey, PTR loyal listener. First, thanks for being in my dream. And second, I have a new concept in business to share with you. It's called socialpreneurship. So what's that? Well, it's the idea that any company designates all profits beyond expenses to be awarded to a local or international charity or project, which is working to achieve good in the world. KM Media is such a company. We believe that it's important for us to give back whenever possible and to make great things happen. So I hope you'll join us in creating this new business model that will positively impact all of us. In the next few weeks, we will lay out the plan and begin our fundraising efforts. So stay tuned for more details right here on Positive Talk Radio. When you want to say more than words communicate, you can with flowers. Your custom boutique floral studio in Bothell, Washington is anaturaldesign.com, connecting you to nature through the language of flowers. Where your people are is where our flowers are beautiful. Your success is our goal. 
naturaldesign.com at your fingertips today. Hey, thanks for listening to Positive Talk Radio. Did you know that we're also a media production company? Well, surprise, we are. We can create all kinds of audio, video products to fill any need. Please visit kmmedia.pro backslash our-store for a complete list of products and services. In addition, do you need a great voice to add to your own website or any other project? I know that we can add depth and quality to your work. I've been told more times than I can count by many professionals in the business that my voice adds to the quality of the presentation. So let me create something for you. Please contact me at Kevin at KMmedia.pro and let's create something great. And welcome back, everybody, to Positive Talk Radio. My name is Kevin McDonald. You're listening to, well, I just said that, Positive Talk Radio on, on KIXIL 880 AM. I hope everybody's having, looking forward to a great three-day weekend. And please, please, please. You don't have to get there all at the same time. Take your time. You'll get there just fine. Um, we're talking with uh, Gramps Jeffrey, a.k.a. Mark Joseph. He's um, an author. He, he His first book was The Secrets of Retailing, How to Beat Walmart. And, Walmart, and uh, Arianna Huffington thought so much of the book that she asked him to contribute to the Huffington Post. And he's written over a hundred articles about small business education and the homeless and uh, several other nonprofit topics dear to all of us, especially all of us that are a little bit longer, have been on the planet a little bit longer, and we've seen so much more. And a lot of times our experiences are downplayed and poo-pooed because we're the old folks. Well, you know, there's, there's a lot of intelligence here in the, with the old folks. And uh, I'm really, uh, it's it's great to have uh, Gramps Jeffries, a.k.a. Uh, Mark Joseph with us. And, uh-oh, he just, oh, there he's back. <laughs> Had I was worried about technology there for a second. By the way, but while we, got, while we do this, I want to let everybody know that as with the new season, which starts September 4th, next Monday, Positive Talk Radio is going to be on Monday through Friday on YouTube at 3 o'clock. Pacific Standard Time every day. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday will also be on KKNW and Kixie. And so you can find us at three o'clock, regardless of where you go. Uh, we'll be right there. And we've got some great guests and interesting topics. And we'll hope you'll stay with us. Today is another example of that. We're talking with uh, Mark Joseph, and he is one of the founders of the site, which is Baby Boomer. Dot org. Don't do it with an S. It's babyboomer.org. Go there and you'll find out some great information. Welcome back, Gramps. How you doing? I was listening to uh, your, your promo about this legacy event that you are doing. That sounds fascinating. Yes. that's the, what, what we're trying to do is we believe that we as a society need to work together for the betterment of all. And sometimes for-profit businesses take businesses um, just and keep the profits. What we're interested in doing is once expenses are paid to find some um, charities and some nonprofits that can be used, that can use those funds for the betterment of our society in general. And so that's, that's what we're going to be working on. You know, because that is another reason we started babyboomer.org is, you know, as we all grow older, 
You know, what is our legacy? You know, what are we going to be leaving behind? You know, the, the, the old adage that you can't take wealth with you is true. I mean, once you're gone, you're gone. You know, you can't take it with you. So what are you going to do uh, to do that? Because you know, once you retire or once you slow down, you know, we, you should be out there helping others. I mean, that's our legacy is what can we do to help others? How can we volunteer to help others? What, the, what can you do to make an impact on your society? You know, that's a question all of us should be asking ourselves. What can we do to help others? You know, we, we can concentrate on how, how do we help, you know, the, the little kids today grow up and become better a generation than we ever were. You know, the next thing is how do we help others in our community? And I think what you're doing means a lot to it. We as, as, as older adults, as baby boomers, uh, you know, or becoming baby boomers, uh, we should be making an effort to go out there and help somebody. And uh, because when you think about it, we as a baby boomer generation, we're a very selfish generation. Yeah, you know, you know, we, we really were. You know. What we were focused on as we were growing up, you know, what are we going to do to make a living? How do we get ahead? Now, oh, we look at that. I mean, the, the divorce rate in the 70s or 80s is twice as high as it is today, okay? is because we were also selfish, you know, as a generation, very selfish generation. Well, now it's time to make up for that. Okay, you know, we, we got here. Uh, we did our thing. Now, what can we do to give back? Can, if we're an entrepreneur, can we teach younger entrepreneurs how to be better in business than we were? You know, it, if we're an educator, uh, when uh, we retire, can we become a substitute teacher? You know, I, this is one of the things I do. I, I never was an educator, but um, you know, with, this, with this teacher shortage we have, you know, I'm, I'm a substitute teacher in the middle school and the high school in my area. Uh, and, you know, that's the way I want to get back because we need to be doing that across this country. And that's one of the reasons we built the site, too, is to, to let you think about what can you do to help others with all this knowledge that you have. I, I agree. And I learned that from my own father, who was an executive with, with Nordstrom's for 30 years, but he did not have a backup plan. So when he retired um, in, in his early 60s, um, he had no other thing that he was passionate about because he'd always been Mr. McDonald. Now he was just Jack. So he wasn't really, he wasn't really equipped to be able to go back and say, I want to give back, maybe be a dog walker. And it, all of us can do that. Maybe we can be a dog walker. We can help children learn how to read you can be and go to the library and 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 read for fun you can do there's a myriad of things that we can do and you should not be if you're retired you should not be sitting at home just doing nothing uh, because you have got a wealth of experience a wealth of knowledge that that needs to get passed on to the next generation and that's why i'm really excited to be part of baby boomer Dot org because you guys are working to do that you go there and you find out all sorts of information of things that you can do and things and learn how to it i think nowadays it, it don't you think that once we retire we've still got another quarter of our life left to live most of us i would i would hope so i would think so now interestingly enough our life expense uh, expectancy has gone down you know back in uh, 2019 it was 78 years and 10 months in 2020, it was 77 years, and in 2021, it was 76 years. So, you know, a lot of this is caused because of the pandemic, of course. Um, but we're not living as long. So we have to make each day count. 
because we don't know if we're going to be here tomorrow. Yeah. So, so that's the way we have to look at life is, okay, what can I do to impact others today uh, because I'm here and I've got this knowledge and I grew up this way and, and I see that there needs some help here uh, because, you know, we as a, as a country, we've got to help each other. That's how the only way that this thing's going to keep going and democracy is going to be uh, the way it is today. Uh, can I tell you a quick story? Sure. I was, um, one of the things that I've always done is I've done something called family legacies. And what that is basically is I will go and interview somebody who's been on the planet a long time. Um, and their sons or their daughters will say, I would really like you to interview my father or my mother because of the stories that they have almost universally the the people that i ask to go interview they'll say oh my story's not worth anything i'm not worth you know my my time has gone by and i'm not worth anything i had the gentleman who was uh i believe 89 at the time and um i went and interviewed him and he said you're not gonna like my story there's nothing here to tell and i said well let's get into it and we'll see Turns out he was on the staff of George Patton's Third Army as it raced across Europe to save us from the Nazis in World War II. He then left there and he went to Hollywood. He met Bob Hope. For those of you who don't know, Bob Hope was a very, very famous comedian and, and Bing Crosby and, and other people of that time. And he thought his story was worthless. I'm here to tell you everybody's story has value and don't poo-poo it treat it like you lived it because you did and and it has value yeah you when you think about uh we as uh, as older adults you know when we're teaching these kids and younger generations you know we don't want to give them all the things that you wish you had but we want to teach them all the things that they wish that they knew so we shouldn't just give them stuff you know we we need to teach them uh, things that they need to know. And so you're absolutely right. And so the, those interviews are, are priceless. I mean, you know, can you imagine a couple, three generations down the road listening to that? And those are just, you can't duplicate that. Well, I have to tell, I have to tell you another really quick story. And that is my dad died when he was, oddly enough, 76. I had interviewed him several months before that time. So I took that and I edited it. And at his memorial service, he talked at his memorial service about what life meant to him that when he met my mom when he uh, um and um and what his value of life was he was talking in in and he had passed um and so those are the types of things that we need to keep families and we need to keep people's legacies alive so as long as that recording exists his legacy will be alive yeah you know each one of uh anyone listening to us today should ask themselves, what is my legacy going to be? Exactly. Exactly. And, and your legacy is babyboomer.org. You should be extremely proud of the work that you guys are doing. Now, this is just getting started on phase two, which is now uh, getting the word out about this and about the site and everything that you're doing. Uh, what's, what's going to happen after phase two? Well, obviously, after phase two or during phase two, we're going to be offering classes on the site. So there's going to be all kinds of classes that we can take, whether, you know, we talked about technology. There's all going to be, you know, if you don't know how to use technology, we'll have classes for that. 
Um, we've got classes on the site for caregiving. You know, our generation now is kind of in between. We're taking care of our older parents, and we're going to worry about our younger kids. You know, how do we do caregiving? What do we need to do? We've got classes on dementia, which is affecting so many of our generation. Um, so we're going to be offering all kinds of classes on what we think are, are going to be relevant uh, topics for 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 our generation. So that's uh, that's part of our new phase that's rolling out. You must be really excited about it because it sounds it, it really is a cool thing. Never heard of it before. So I think what you guys are doing uh, when you get together, do you all sit there and, you know, high five and say, uh, congratulations, congratulate each other. Or are you so deeply involved in the work that you don't have time for that yet? Yeah. You know, it goes back to, you know, why are we doing this? Well, we're doing this because one, the baby boomer generation, you know, they, they call it the greatest generation ever. We're, we're living it. We can say that. Yeah. You know, other generations, I don't know if my kids would say that, uh, but you know, we're, we're there. Yeah. So, so how can we help others? What can we do? You know, step back and say, our parents really were the greatest generation ever because, you know, they grew up during the Depression. Then they had to save the world in World War II. Um, so they really were the greatest generation ever. Uh, to go through all that and, and save democracy. Yeah, and so when we were growing up, when I was growing up in the, uh, in, in the 50s, uh, the, the, they were a very disciplined generation. Okay? They, you know, they, they, uh, they, they went through all of this pain with, the, with the, you know, the depression and with the war and all that, that they were very disciplined with us. So I, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about this a little bit, how I was disciplined versus watching my kids, uh, kids be disciplined. You know, <laughs> it's different. Yeah, yeah. I remember when I was, uh, my mother would say to me, wait till your dad gets home. She would say to myself and my George too? Yeah, yeah. wait till your dad gets home. And so he'd come home and he'd whip off his belt and he'd chase us around the, you know, the kitchen table. Yeah, that was discipline back then. He had a, he had a fraternity paddle. He, kept, he also used that on us. Um, he kept in his closet. So one, one uh, night when they were out, my brother and I was late fall. It was right after Halloween. My brother and I um, had uh, went into his office. We went into his uh, closet. We took his fraternity pal. And there was a big pile of leaves in the backyard because I grew up in Ohio. And a uh, big pile of leaves. And we stuck the, the, the paddle underneath the pile of leaves. And then it snowed the next night. And there was snow on the ground. And we went out to take a look at it in the spring. It was gone. To me, that was a miracle. You know, <laughs> the paddle's gone. That, that's a great sign. Now, in today's world, my kids aren't chasing around the kids with belts and paddles. You know, they're putting them in timeout. They're talking to them. It's a whole different way of discipline. And I think it, it, it's how we all evolved. You know, our parents were very disciplined because they had to go through all these craziness to keep the world alive. Um, and then we learned from that. We taught our kids a little differently. And then now they teach kids a little differently. So, you know, it, that's how, you know, the, the generations evolve. And hopefully get better. Well, you know, it's gone. It's gone so. It's changed so much. And as a matter of fact, I can tell you that my mother told me for a fact that a chicken with his head cut off does run around the does run around the yard. And the reason she knew that was because that was Sunday dinner. Um, we don't get the, those experiences anymore. And, uh, it's important that we recognize that, but as far as being the greatest generation, think about when you were born and when I was born, um, 
the changes that have happened in society all the way up to AI, which is the new thing uh, coming out. It's, we are generation has seen more societal changes than any generation in history. I'm convinced of it. Oh yeah. I mean, just, just, just the internet living through the internet before and after and yes. two different worlds. It's, it's an amazing thing. And we are very lucky. We were very lucky to be here and uh, we're very lucky that uh, you've put together the site that you have and, and which is babyboomer.org. I say that a lot because I really want, if you're, if you are a baby boomer, I really think that you need to go look at this site because if you, as an example, you know, we don't have, we don't live in the same places like we used to. We don't necessarily are friends with our neighbors and stuff, but you need a community. You need a, a group of people that you can socialize with. And if it needs to be online because you don't have anybody close to you, then so be it. This is a great place for you to make connections and to make, um, to really dig deep into what's going on with you and also other people on, on this site. So um, I really, I'm really pleased that you did that. And I'm really pleased that Positive Talk is part of it. Oh, great. We are thrilled to have you on there because you really had a different dimension. Well, I, I thank you for that because you're the one who reached, tell me that story if you wouldn't mind, because you reached out to us for us to be on, on your site. How did you find us? Well, one of the things we wanted to make sure is that the content we added were just from experts all over the country. Um, so we actually went in and did our research to find out who really are the people that are making a difference. Uh, you know, that uh, do blogs and articles and uh, do uh, you know, columns and so forth that would affect all these different categories. You know, when, when, you, when you think about it, the categories we have are everything from dating, you know, because we're, you, know, you know, a lot of us are going through dating again, uh, to fitness, to, 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 to bucket lists. You know, you think about what are, what are our bucket lists? You know, what, what do we want to get done? What do we want to accomplish? You know, I was just able to get one of my bucket lists done just a few months ago, and that was to, well, I wanted to visit every 50 state. And I finally was able to do that. I was able to hit, my last state was Maine. I was able to go with Maine. So I, I got my bucket list done. Um, you know, but, you know, the, the sports, you know, whether it's pickleball or billiards or fishing, uh, you know, games, where, where should we volunteer? How can we give back? Those kinds of things. Um, but so we wanted to make sure that we had all the experts and the really uh, people that know what they're talking about and all these different things. Like, for instance, in our pickleball section, uh, our expert there is the guy who wrote the book Pickleball for Dummies. And which is a fabulous book if you want to play pickleball. Yeah, so he's our expert that's talking about how to play pickleball, what to do, because he wrote the book. Um, and so that was our goal. And that's how I found you. You know, you got positive talk. You know, we, we've all grown up so negative in so many different aspects. There's so much negative stuff in the news today. Just read the newspaper today for the few of us who still read the newspaper. You know, the, the, you know, what, what positive things can we share? How can we all, as we're, as we're getting older, find new things to contribute and help others? And so that's why I reached out to you. And I really appreciate it because, and we're very happy to be uh, on the site. We've got 500 and some on episodes and, and I love the way technology has made it possible. See, when I started this in 2003, None of this was available. I would be on the radio and then it would be out in the ether. It would be gone. 
Now everything that I do is captured on all these different sites and all this different media. And I, so you, you being here today with me will live on forever because these shows do live on forever. And I'm very happy that you're here. Yeah. Let's just, the only one thing is, you know, like you were great enough to do your dad at his funeral. Let's not talk about doing that for us yet. <laughs> no, we got more. To, we got a lot more to do. And, yeah. and that's, that's why, and I honestly believe that if you looked at the t- statistics, the people who live their life with passion and purpose and have something more to give, even in their seventies and in their eighties, they will live longer than if you're sitting at home watching TV 27 hours a week. Agreed. So we, that's important for all of us. So get out there, get out there and go do something. Go do, and, and by the way, and uh, Grant's point is well taken. Um, go make friends with your kids again, and then you can be friends with the grandkids. Let them be the parents. You get to be the grandparents. So that means that you get to have a, uh, some change in your pocket that every time you go there, you say, <laughs> there's a famous comedian. I won't use his name because he's, he's, uh, he's a little, but he said, uh, one time his grandparent here, his parents came and they started giving the children money. Is there money I can give this child? Look at this. I've got money in my pocket here. Have this. And the kid said, isn't grandpa great? And he said, no, that's not the man I grew up with. He's just trying to get into heaven now. Um, and, <laughs> So I thought that was that was really funny. But but the thing is, is that we as grandparents have got the opportunity and the legacy and the ability to to keep our name alive and to be part of the next generation. And I know that you're doing that uh, with your six grandkids and with the book you've written and everything you're doing. And I really appreciate having you here. Oh, thank you for inviting me. It's, 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 it's great fun. Now, we've got just a couple of minutes left in the show. And if there's anything that I haven't covered that you would like to discuss now would be the time sir so i'm going to step step aside and let you give you the floor well you know you're talking about uh how we're disconnected you know when i was growing up my grandmother lived two blocks over my uncle lived up the street and we were all together but in today's you know we're scattered i mean you know me as an example you know i've got uh one kid that lives here with two grandkids one in austin texas with two grandkids uh, one in Orlando, Florida with two grandkids, and, and then my son, who is a, a detective, uh, is, is a bachelor, lives in uh, Florida also. So they're all over the place. So how do you keep in contact with them? What do you do? And, and I'll tell you what I did real quick, and then I'm sure your listeners can come up with other ideas. But I found out early on that two, three, four, five, six, even seven-year-olds love dinosaurs. For some reason, they oh, yes. all, if, if you take a kid to a park and he doesn't know somebody else, all of a sudden they start talking dinosaurs. They're all best friends. I mean, my, my grandkids can tell me you know, the names of all these long dinosaurs. I can't even pronounce them. They can tell me if they eat, uh, you know, they eat meat or if they eat, uh, you know, they're vegetarians. So knowing that, I needed to do something to keep in touch with these kids that don't live here with me. And so we decided that we were going to put our dinosaurs we have in the house someplace different every night uh, so that the kids could relate to it. So one night they were in the uh, refrigerator eating blueberries. Another night they were by the sink with grandma washing dishes. Another night they were playing the piano. Another night walking up. So we had 50 different nights of these dinosaurs around the house and outside. So we we became part of the routine of these kids. So the ones in in, in Florida, you know, they would go through, take the bath, they read the books, and they said, "What are the dinosaurs doing tonight?" 
and they will Gramps, I got I to gotta tell you, unfortunately, we've run out of time, but but I'm glad that the, you told that dinosaur story. Everybody else can use the same thing. I want to thank everybody for being here. Go to babyboomer.org and remember, be kind to one another because each other's all we've got. We'll see you Monday. Thank you.